Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 47, Process Hazard Analysis for Process Safety Management. That's a lot of processes in one sentence. In today's uh, episode, we'll sit down and look at what we're going to do to um, look at the hazards of our system. So this is part of the whole process safety management uh, standard that's out there found at 29 CFR 1910.119. And in this episode, what we're going to assume is that the uh, process hazard analysis has already been completed by May 26, 1997. So that was one of the big dates where everything had to be put in place. This was a phase-in approach from 1992. And we're going to assume that now we are 22, 23 years doing some fuzzy math in the future, um, that all this is done. We are now looking at we're either going to have a brand new system or we've modified it enough that we... We then have to go back and look at the process hazard um, information, which then makes us go back and redo our process hazard analysis. So the different method uh, uh, methodologies out there, you can use the what if, you can use a checklist, a combination of what if and checklist. There's also the hazard and operability study, also known as a HAZOP. Failure Modes and Effect Analysis, the FMEA, Fault Tree Analysis, or an Appropriate Equivalent Methodology, which is just a really fancy way of saying with all these different ways and checklists and things, you have to have a way that you're analyzing your entire process. You're looking at all the hazards out there. You're running the different scenarios, and you're looking at the most likely scenarios out there. Um, I know that's kind of a big mouthful when you talk about likely scenarios, uh, but I would say that, you know, obviously if there's a leak in a valve, uh, there's a motor that fails, there's a pump that fails, you know, all that good stuff then. I wouldn't say that the uh, act of war is really a um, something that you should plan every single effect for only for the sheer fact of of course if there's if there is a act of war there's active war on our country there's a nuclear bomb there's something we have much bigger things to worry about than going back and making sure that we've uh, analyzed the process that we have out there uh so what i like to do is to do the what if approach and i just say what if and then i have the valve the motor the process vessel, the piping, whatever it's going to be, and just say, what are the scenarios? Am I going to have a leak? Am I going to have a breach? Am I going to have something that's going to cause a buildup inside of my pipeline? And thus, I have to break the pipeline every so often to clean out the buildup to then reinstall the pipeline again. And just just look at what your scenarios are that you have out there then. So um, lots of different ways to tackle this. But I would say that if you've if you've already gone down the process of using a certain kind of methodology, um, unless this is something that just is really not serving you, don't go back and change it because it's it's seen as this new gigantic scary animal by the workforce and by management and by everybody. You can always go back and um, add in some supplemental hazard analysis then, but uh, do everything you can, not just to scare people. Don't change things for the sake of uh, changing things. I know it feels great when you're a brand new owner to say, well, this is mine and all that stuff. 
Um, but sometimes you have a really good culture and all it takes is a couple little swings like this and that good culture is gone. So let's look at the what we what we have to address in the process hazard analysis. So we've already talked about the different ways that we can do it. And so here's basically a laundry list right from the standard itself. We're going to look at the hazards of the process. We're going to identify any previous incident that with, had a likely potential for consequences. So when we think about a near miss, we find a leak, but nobody got hurt. You know, things like that. Let's go back and look at the, the previous things that we have out there. You're going to list your engineering and admin controls out there. And along with, with that, um, we typically have some detection methods to provide an early warning. Spill cable, there's a gas leak alarm. Um, when we look at a control panel, there's going to be gauges and pressures and lights. So, so there's other ways that we can also look at um, how do we find a issue as quick as possible and tackle it before that we have a gigantic out of control issue. We're going to look at the consequences of failure of these engineering and admin controls. So we're just not going to list them. We're also going to say what happens when you have them and for some reason they don't work. We're going to look at facility siting, human factors, the quantitative evaluation of the range of possible safety and health effects on the employees. So say that you have a gas leak of ammonia. What's going to be the health and safety effects on the employees? You know, um, I like to also uh, almost say as long as I can keep it inside the fence line, uh, you, depending upon your quantity and everything else, you, you also have to look at the uh, EPA, uh, RMP program, also known as the risk management process. Um, so you also, I mean, uh, program, I'm sorry, the risk, risk management program out there, and which is very close to the PSM, but not 100% the, the same then. And go back and say, so what's my worst case scenario if I have a 90 ton rail car of ammonia have a leak then? You know, is it a major leak? Is it a minor leak? Is it going to uh, um, uh, implode? Is it going to explode? Is it going to? So, so we want to look at the different uh, scenarios and then, of course, what's going to be the um, evaluation of the effects on the employees. So. The process hazard analysis shall be performed by a team with expertise in engineering and process. So the best thing that I found is that you find the operators and the maintenance people. They really know what's going on. They can tell you everything about the process and, and hazards that maybe you didn't really think it was a hazard or a big deal, but they can go back and really point out these things. As I've said in many of my podcasts, I can write a killer procedure, a SOP from my cube, and it really means nothing because I got to have input from the experts. These guys know how to operate. They know what breaks. They know they can also go back and tell you about things like predictive maintenance. They can go back and say, you know, this motor dies every almost every 12 months. So not only should we have a spare motor out there but maybe at uh let's just throw out some numbers 11 months and 15 days we purposely bring down the system to swap out the motor to bring it back up so that we have a controlled 
um, system shutdown as opposed to having one that's not controlled and then we're panicking and scrambling cleaning up stuff we're putting in a new pump we're doing all kinds of so they 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 really can help you out a lot then so now i'm going to get off my soapbox and i'm going to also talk about um things like the previous team's findings and recommendations because many times uh this is going to be second third or a fourth time that we're doing this so every time we're going back and looking is everything still good do we have to update anything do we have to go back and change things have we changed the uh, parameters of the process have we done things uh so there's always going to be some fantastic actions the team com comes out with not every action is going to be acted on so we also have to look at well, how do we set down a document the actions that we acted on and then of course the actions we chose not to act on well, how do we go back and talk to the employees and say hey thanks a lot for your input but we've decided that we're not going to go this route um, because that's the one thing I have found over the years is that everybody wants to help until they've been just squashed once and all it takes is being squashed once and a person says man I put a lot of time and effort into this whole thing and they didn't take my recommendation and I get it but then they there was no follow-up they blew off everything I think people can understand if you actually sit down and talk to them and say thanks for your help but we've decided not to go with your recommendation then because ultimately everything has to be a management responsibility out there um and as uh, we've already uh, uh, as we've already talked about you have to do the PHA process at least every five years so that also means that probably about year four and a half you need to get started just to make sure that it's not a larger scope than what you think and it's not going to be done in, inside that five-year uh, interval and that is it for episode 47 and in this episode we talked about process hazard analysis for process safety management my name is dr. David Ayers Thank you for joining me today and have a safe day.